Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. That we are about to enter the year 2022 and uh, take advantage of those meetings. There are things the Lord is sharing with us, getting our hearts ready, and it's important that we all partake of those meetings and hear what the Lord is saying to us. Praise God. I said, praise God. All right, this morning, let's, let's get into the Word. We, we want to see a few things that the Lord has been sharing with me to share with you, and I believe that those things will uh, get us ready. For the year that we are to enter into. Let's pray. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. This morning I want to share a thought with you. Uh, I call it responsibility, the prize of greatness responsibility the prize of greatness actually it was a statement made by an American president by the name of Winston Churchill he was the first he, he actually said it and it became a very popular uh, statement after President Winston Churchill said it as responsibility, the prize of greatness. And um, in reference to Winston Churchill's speech, it was more from the fact that if you were put into leadership, uh, there would be some responsibilities that would come along with it. That's, that's the context by which uh, Winston Churchill made that statement. But I'm looking at it from another perspective. Which is that if a man will become great, he would have to assume responsibility. That if you would amount to anything in this life, you will have to consciously, deliberately assume responsibility. And I'll share a few scriptures with you, first of all. I'd like us to look at the life of Apostle Paul. And it's very important when you study the life of Apostle Paul. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 10. Now, uh, I want you to, to understand something from the life of Apostle Paul. First of all, Apostle Paul was not your typical believer. He was first of all called Saul, Saul of Tarsus. And he persecuted the saints. Now when you when you use the word that Saul persecuted the saints, it looked like a nice word. What actually happened was that he supervised the killings of people. That's 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 actually what, what Saul was doing. Was getting letters to kill Christians. Now, 
The, the Lord met him on the road to Damascus and he became born again. When he became born again, the Lord revealed to him the gospel of grace. And Paul, in, in writing to the churches, actually said, my gospel. Many times in the writings of Paul, he uses the word my gospel. He owned it. He took possession of it. Then, if you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 9, he says, uh, just the whole story, right? Uh, let's look at verse, verse 8. It says, last of all, we're talking about the appearance of Jesus, to one untimely born, he was referring to himself, he appeared to me also. Look at the words he used, the word untimely born. That means I wasn't part of the, the original twelve. For I am the least of the apostles, and not fit to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. I want you to see how Paul introduces himself. First of all, he says, I'm one that is untimely born. I am the least of the apostles. In fact, I'm not even fit to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Then he goes on to say, But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace towards me, observe that statement, did not prove vain. His grace towards me did not prove vain. You know, many times Christians are big on the grace of God. But when you look at the progress in their life, it almost looks like the grace is in vain. Because it's, it's almost like they struggle with everything. They're never over. All is under. But, but then, if you, if you look at this statement carefully, you will see something. It says, but I labored even more than all of them. This is, the, this is the difference. If the grace of God in your life will not be in vain, it's in your labors. It's in your labors. He goes on to say, I'm the least of the apostles. I'm the one untimely born. I'm not even fit to be called an apostle. But thank God for the grace of God. Then he comes up and makes a very bold statement that he labored more than all the twelve apostles. That's bold. That's bold. And this is where a lot of Christians miss it. Because you find believers who's got the grace of God in their life, but laziness, inconsistency, and indiscipline and seriousness about their lives makes the grace of God look vain. Because they won't labor. And they won't labor because we are used to setting doctrines, and I put it up for those of you following me on social media, the favor of God will not come on the lazy. We don't have scriptures for that. We, we don't have scriptures where God, you know, people go, the favor of God is not fair, the favor of God is not kind, and I don't even deserve it, it's just favor, you know, we, we didn't come here through boss, we came here through grace, nonsense. And we just have lazy people all around, who won't, who, won't, who won't be consistent? And we, we, just have this, we just have this illusion in our mind that one of these days, I don't know how God is going to do it, but God is going to just turn my life around. Turn it to which direction exactly? Where, where is God turning it to? 
Even if God turns your life around right now and they make you the manager of a company, what mental capacity do you have to make that company productive? You can't even lead your own life. You can lead your family. We've got men who can lead their family. They're going to one church. The, the wife is going to one church. The children are going to another church. The dogs even go out to, to another church to look for food on Sunday morning. Can't even control the dogs in the house. And they want to be wealthy. You can't even put your house in order. Your wife doesn't listen to you. Your kids don't listen to you. And you expect God to make you the manager of the company? So you would ruin it? How did we get here? This illusion that your life is going to be better because God is on the throne is a lie. You've got to assume responsibility. If your life would be better, you already know it. Am I, am I preaching? Or are you here? Or you want to come back? We're entering another year. Don't repeat the same mistakes. Paul says, I labor more than them. How can you make that statement? It's audacious. Are you following this? It's audacious. How can a man say, I work more than you all? And listen, all the apostles he was referring to were apostles that walked with Jesus. And is the man telling the truth? He's telling the truth. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He planted churches. He raised... In fact, Peter had to commend the grace of God on his life. How is it that the grace of God is in your life as powerful as it is and it looks like the grace of God is in vain? It's in your labors. A lazy man will do the kingdom no good. A lazy man will do his home no good. A lazy man will do society no good. Are you still here? Paul says, I am what I am by the grace of God. And his grace towards me did not prevail. Every child of God has the seed of greatness in them. Everybody. There is no one in redemption that is better than another person. There's no one in redemption. Look at it. But I labored even more than them than all of them. That labor says, yet not I, but the grace of God. That labor has to collaborate with the grace of God. Listen to me. If God is going to make anything out of your life different in the year that we're about to enter into, your labor has to collaborate with the grace of God. If you sit down, your, your life is going to be self-destruct. You will be a holy failure. That's the truth. Because what happens is that after a while, we started teaching Christians to just be indolent. Just sit down, waiting for a turnaround. Waiting for, you know, those many good names, we call it. And there's no process to that. And so everybody's just sitting, waiting for when God is going to answer their case. Meanwhile, the grace of God has been invested in your life so you can make something out of your life. I'm telling you, if you read all through the Old Testament, you never find where people were waiting on God to make something happen in their life. Jacob went to work. Abraham went to work. 
Isaac went to work. All the guys who we call heroes of faith, these people were either farmers or shepherds. Are you following this? Or Daniel was working in the government office. Joseph was a prime. You know, we like Joseph being a prime minister. We've forgotten that Joseph actually served as a houseboy in Potiphar's house and was the best of it. He served until. I mean, do you know that if you have a, a, a houseboy, a house help helping you, and you leave everything in your house? To the guy, it means the guy is good. That's how good Joseph served. You know, we never talk about that. How well do you do in your employment? They gave you a job. How well are you good? Can your boss leave the office to you? You know, some people are like wheelbarrows. Wherever you push them to, that's where they will stop. If you need them to move again, you have to push them. You have to give them instruction for everything. I've always told you here, walk in such a way that if they want to drop someone in your office, you're not number one on the list. Don't be first in that list. The Holy Spirit will not do for you what you should do for yourself. Praise God. Are you following what I'm saying? Look at this. It says, I labor even more than all of them. How do you make the grace of God work in your life? Is to labor. To work hard. To assume responsibility. Look at our nation. Our nation is where it is today because we will not assume responsibility. If you're a student of world history and world economy, you would realize that many years ago, China was not uh, a nation to, to reckon with when it comes to world economy. It was not a nation to reckon with. But today, if you look at, I mean, if you go around our country, you see uh, Chinese companies constructing things for us. Not just here. I mean, if you go to Kenya, go to East Africa, you find Chinese companies constructing things for them. Everybody is an expatriate in our country. Including people who can't hold a job up in their country. Immediately they cross the airport, they become an expatriate. Look at some of our restaurants. Some of the best restaurants we have in the country are held by Lebanese people. Can't we cook our own food? No, everybody wants to work in the oil and gas. And it's irresponsibility that's brought us to where we are as a nation. Everybody, everybody. I mean, you go anywhere, you're a Nigerian, you're almost a uh, second class citizen will look very good. You're almost a no class citizen. Why? Irresponsibility on the part of leadership. 61 years of irresponsible leadership. We can't govern our own selves. One president goes ahead, takes all the loans in the world. Another comes, goes and begs the Paris club to pay off the loan. Another one comes and takes all the loans. Another one comes, goes to beg, and that's how we've been leading. We've got oil, we've got gas, we've got coal, we've got gold. We have everything. But the grace of God in the country is almost going to vain because we have leaders who won't labor. Not just at the national level, at the local level. I mean, go to your local government and see what, what, what is there. Computers not working. And those people are your brothers. 
Go, uh, go to any local government office and attempt to look for your file. You'll be embarrassed. Irresponsibility at every level. And we have personalized that and we wonder where our lives are not making progress. If your life will make progress, you have to assume responsibility. Praise God. Are you still here? Alright, you are very quiet. Proverbs 24, 27. This is not I receive message, right? Proverbs 24, 27. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 27. Thank you, Lord. Proverbs 24, 27. Responsibility is the prize of greatness. You know, today... Our world, there's a lot of deception on social media. You know, people follow. You know, I, I was I was showing them in the office. I think this week, uh, someone reached out to me and says, uh, "Can we buy followers? If we can buy followers on Instagram." So they were giving us a proposal so we can buy some thousands of followers for some amount of money. You know. And so I was showing them in the office. I said, you, I mean, you can go on Instagram today and see somebody has 20,000 followers and he just bought all those 20,000 followers. I mean, it was a proposal that they gave to us. I'm saying, if anybody decides not to follow me, that's a problem. I'm not going to buy followers. Why right? would I buy followers? And, and so there's this life out there that is so fake, that is so superficial. That makes people not to assume responsibility because everybody wants to get to the top all at once. Troubled marriages, beautiful pictures online. Troubled people smiling everywhere. All because people will not assume responsibility for their progress, so there is the definition of progress by society. What's progress? Take pictures in exotic cars. Hmm? Take pictures in exotic cars. Snap in nice places. Choke them with your picture. And that's life for you. That's life for you. You haven't even looked at your productive capacity. What are you producing as a human being that was created by God? Out of 7 billion people in the world, what is your contribution to humanity? What makes the world a better place because you were born? You don't need consideration to those things. What are you adding to the local church? What are you adding to your family? What are you adding to the people around you? What are you adding to the community? If, if people are not responsible, they don't think productivity. They think consumption. Are you following this now? When people don't assume responsibility, they don't think productivity. They think what? Consumption. How do we consume? How do I get more? Do you realize that everything you are boasting in today was produced by someone? Everything. And Christians need to think that way. We need to think production. We need to think giving value to the world in a greater dimension. 
First of all, by the preaching of the gospel. And secondly, by contributing the right values. Look at this, Proverbs 24, 27. I hope I can finish it today. I want to finish it. It says, Prepare your work outside and make it ready for yourself in the field. Afterwards, then build your house. Look at, look at that passage of scripture. Look at how God analyzes every phase of your work to assume responsibility. Prepare your work outside. Make it ready for yourself in the field. And afterward, build your house. Assume responsibility for every phase of your life. What's your work? How skillful have you become? Are you a better person than you were, than you were two years ago? Praise God. You know, my son likes playing the PS game, so once in a while, he, I mean, he's always playing. So one day I called him. I said, see, there are two types of people in the world. There are those who play the game and there are those who produce the game. You have to choose to be on the production end. And that's how you should always think about life. There are consumers and there are producers. Always think production. When you go into a company to work, you've been employed. There are people that are there in that company just marking time to get salary. There are those who are contributing value. Praise God. You know, uh, many houses that have stayed, right? All the time we stayed in rented apartments. I kept the house so well, so well. There is no landlord I stayed that would not want me to stay in his house. You know, some people just, if it's not their house, say, ah, it's not my house. Eh. You will never have your own. In fact, when I'm leaving the houses I'm staying in, and some of my folks come to work for me and to help us move, some are, some are so angry that I'm leaving some things. And it's not because I'm, I'm extremely wealthy. Right? It's because I just think you're living in a house. Then it's like, by the time you leave the house, it's like a tornado went through the house. You rip everything off. You, you know, I kind of imagine, I can't leave a house like this. Sometimes I've had to let things go. Just because, I mean, you will throw all the bars, remove, he said, this iron is my own, remove it. And then by the time somebody comes and looks at that house, it's like a mighty tsunami went through. If some of you even have your way, you will scrape your paint. This first paint is my own. Scrape it down. Let his real paint. Don't, don't leave that way. You are bigger than that. Ah, but the landlord was not a good man. Are you a bad man? We're not talking about the landlord. We're talking about you. Because your actions reflect you. Your actions do not reflect that man. So the, the man is a bad man. Are you bad? If you're not bad, then be good. That's how producers think. We're not reactionary in our lifestyle. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We don't come and say, oh, these people are this way. Then we want to be this way. No, we come in there and we set the standards. 
We come in there and we decide this is how the standards would be. And we stick by it regardless of how everyone else behaves. That's what it means to assume responsibility. If you look at our nation, for instance, there are no standards. There are no laws. Hmm? You can get to a green light, a, a red light, a stop light. And the thing is red. And you look left, you look right. Nobody's coming. You tear past, say, my guy. Because lawlessness is applauded. Praise God. You know, one day I was driving, I was coming the other way. I had, I had someone else's car. And so the, the road guys, I was coming and then the traffic guys were, they were so big on stopping me. So they, they stopped me. So I went, I, you know, brought out my glass. So I said, hi, good afternoon, how are you? He said, fine. I said, so why were you so, why were you so passionate about stopping me? I, I just asked him, I said, why? I said, I could see the efforts you were putting in trying to stop me. I said, so why were you so passionate about stopping me? He said, I want to check your... I said, no, you, it's not about you checking my papers. It's because you feel if I do something wrong, I'll have the money to give to you. Because there are other cars that obviously should not be plying this road that are passed. That even me that is not a road safety person, I know that that one is not safe. Those are the ones... And I told him, I told him, I said, those are the cars that you are here to be responsible to keep people safe. You look at my car, you look at my person... Do you think my driver's license will not be correct at this age? And I showed him, I said, my papers are correct. But the effort you were trying to put to stop me is unwarranted. He said, oh God, go. That's how you will be blowing grammar. No! That, and that's it. Because you see my car and you, oh, that's a big man. If, if he found something wrong, we'll get a lot from him. And there are cars there that the, the, the driver wants to go this way, but his tires are facing this way. You, you, you can see that this car... The driver's intention and the tires are not aligned. You would let them go. That's irresponsibility. And we're like that. We will say things that are obviously wrong. And we will gloat over it. You know what that means? That's irresponsibility in our space. And anything you permit will grow. That's how we got to where we are as a nation. And these people... And members of the church. They are Christians. Praise the name of the Lord. You know why I'm teaching you these messages? We're getting into next year. These messages are meant to stir your hearts. To reflect and to make the right decisions. That the year we're going to. You don't need to call it a year of breakthrough. Don't, you don't need to call it a year of favor. You don't need to call it a year of double-double. Those things follow responsible people. Just decide to be responsible. The breakthrough will come. Just decide to be responsible. The doors will open. Just decide to assume a higher level of responsibility for your life. And the things you're praying for will come on their own accord. Praise God. Are you hearing this? You know... <laughs> I was talking to all my pastors yesterday night and he was telling me to try and get it there. And, uh, you know, there are people who struggle to get invitations. And for me, personally, as of September this year, my calendar for 2022 is already filled up until November. That I have nations to go to, places to preach. 
I mean, it's, it's the, as long as I'm amazed when people want me to come and preach for them and they're inviting me two months or three months to the event. There's no way I can make it. If you need me for anything, it will be like six months to the time. That, that's convenient. And it's not about going everywhere, looking for invitation, putting yourself out there. No, it's about staying and assuming responsibility for your call and tilling your ground. Like the Bible says, you prepare your work, you make it ready, and those doors will open. That's how you must approach life. Accept responsibility for every phase of your life. There is a, there is a time where you are single. Accept responsibility for your single years. When you get married, stop thinking like a single person. You know, there are, there are some men who are married, they are still single in their mind. So, you know, they are married, but then the marriage almost becomes a body. Say somebody is not free again. Free to do what? If you wanted to be free, why did you marry? You have a wife at home, you're always hanging out uh, uh, um, with your friends. You have children at home who don't know you, they're almost calling you uncle. It's irresponsible. You've got a family, you've got a son to raise, you've got a wife to be with. Uh, Because somebody married, marriage is not bondage. It is actually. You should be bounded to your wife. What else are you looking for? Didn't you hear that if a man finds a woman he should leave and cleave? What do you think the word cleave means? Go look at the dictionary word and see what cleave means. Cleave is to super glue on the nothing can separate both of you. That's my own definition actually. That's all in the dictionary. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Start thinking of your child. Start thinking of school fees. Start laying something aside for your children. That's how to now think. You can make certain investments when you're single and you lose all the money I mean and you're drinking gary in your house. That's nobody's business. But if you're married, you cannot invest and put somebody else's daughter in hunger. You've got to think that way. And when your children come, you need to start thinking like a father, not just a married man. Your actions are now models to your children. If you stay out late at night, your, ch- your child thinks that that is how a normal man is. And it's not normal. It's abnormal. Are you following what I'm saying? How you talk to your wife. With your children, in, your children are there. How you talk to your wife. You're modeling to them how to converse with a woman. You have to start now thinking like a father. All your actions are no longer as a married man. It's a married man plus a father. Your children never see you carry any book. And you are hammering on them to go and read. Huh? They will never read. It, and children are wise. They will just be looking at the book, looking at the book. What you feel they'll do that. Even they are coming, they'll look. And you too, because your heart is not right, the deception works for you. Say, so, hmm, my son likes to read. And he's laughing at you. You have to model these things. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you are single, don't think married. It's a wrong thought process. And there's some of you in relationship. I've not even gone into half of my message. Maybe I'll continue on Wednesday. Huh? Some of you are in relationship. Dating is marriage. You are going to wash clothes. You are going to pound, 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 do pounded yam. You, you, you leave your house. You resume in your boyfriend's house. Finish house. Some of you will even carry some clothes there. Say, in case this night work strong, we are not quick come. I will just change. I mean, I mean, how do you think that way? 
So you have, you have uh, your own box there. You have your corner there. You are not married. And you are changing. You have torn wrapper and changing bra there and doing everything. And what's wrong with you? Then tomorrow you are surprised that after 10 years they have not paid your bride price. Who pays for what is cheap? Sorry. But nobody will do that. I got married at 24 and I paid my bride price at 24 and I did my wedding at 24. At 24 I was responsible to pay my bride price. And you have people 40 years old still struggling. Say, we'll go gather the money. We'll go gather the money. Six children. We'll go gather the money. Seven children. We'll gather the money. And then 10 years down the line, the person tells you he doesn't want you again. You say, the man is wicked. Why do you think so? You sold yourself that way. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. Sorry, but it's the truth. This is the church of the living God. We've got to tell you the truth. If any man is not ready to assume responsibility for you, stay in your house. Are you still here? Why the hurry to get married? Why the hurry to have a child? Now you didn't finish school. You just almost placed a cap in your life. The only thing you can do is to be a cleaner. With the grace of God on your life. This thing called sex, you will get tired of it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The days will come, you know, I have a headache. I have a headache. I have a headache. Somebody will bring paracetamol. See, today, whether you have a headache, you will drink this paracetamol or what? I'm telling you. Assume responsibility. If a man cannot pay your bride price, don't go to his house. Have a standard in your courtship. Have a standard in your dating. You are not cheap. The grace of God is on your life. And you guys, stop asking for sex when you are not ready to pay the price. If you love me, you will sleep with me. If you love me, you will sleep with me. That's how you have slept with all the girls in your compound. It's irresponsibility. Then when they now get pregnant, I say, we didn't know how it happened. Didn't you learn basic biology? Do you have sex with a girl? Then you expect that, you know, it's the healing power of God that will flow. Right? Because you didn't expect a baby. Were you expecting a monkey? I mean, people thought, and it's just there. It was a mistake. There's nothing called a mistake. It's basic biology. Are you hearing what I'm telling you now? Assume responsibility as a man. The sign that you're not a man, that you're a man, is not that you have little of girls around you. It's the ability to take responsibility for the future of the people that God will bring into your life. And that's why today we have to encourage men to feed their homes. You see, we're encouraging them. They try to drop something now. You do drop something. You know that's embarrassing. Have to beg you to feed your own children. Have to beg you to feed your own wife. Have to beg you to look after your own wife. Because this relationship started on the platforms of irresponsibility. Are you still here? Are you, are you getting blessed at all? Because you are looking very serious. I'm not as serious as you are looking. You assume responsibility. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
so that the grace of God will not be in vain. You are too talented to live the way you're living. You have too much potentials to be that way. And as Christians, we should be the examples of responsibility. Look at this. Let's read that Proverbs 24 again. Look at it, verse 27. Prepare your work outside. Make it ready for yourself in the field. Afterwards, then build your house. Every phase of your life requires a different level of what? Responsibility. When you are single now, pour into your mind. Pour into your brain. This is the time to build yourself. When you get married, start thinking like a married person. Start thinking like I have a daughter, I have a child. When you have a child, start thinking like a father. Start thinking legacy. You can't run around with the boys anymore. You can't can't run around with the guys anymore. You've got a home now. You look after your home. You look after your children. You look after your responsibility. You can't now be wearing tight jeans all over town. You're 40-something. You want to look 20-something. Say, I'm young at heart. Sorry. You don't, you don't need to try to tell people you're young when you're already old. You're old. That's who you are. And it's a struggle. To think if I'm 50, I'm going to be running around with tight jeans trying to prove that I'm a young pastor to a youth minister. I paid my price when I was dead. It's time for the boys to take over. Learn to live a season of your life and forget about it. Don't try to recreate it. You know, sometimes, you know, I mean, you see some gray hairs coming and people are looking, "Ah, why are you having gray hair? Why should you not have gray hair? Is there a sin? Is something wrong with it? Some people will think you're old. So what, how does thinking I'm old change anything about my life? I am old. And I'm okay with it. Does my old age affect your ability to breathe? It doesn't. And we have all these older men thinking like young women, young men, and a thought process when we should be thinking legacy, we're thinking celebration. When we should be thinking impact, we're thinking form. You've got boys around you that you should model examples of excellence to. You're running around with them to play games. Where you should be someone they should look up to and take a dressing for their life and be an example. Very many people do not have who to look up to in their life. You choose to be one person they can look up to. Praise God. Everyone wants to be great, but few wants to assume corresponding responsibility. What's greatness? Greatness is simply defined as living God's purpose for your life and living to your maximum potential. I always emphasize this in this church. Maximum potential. There is something you've got the ability to do. The ability to become. When God sees you, there's a picture of you that he sees. You've got to live up to that picture. Doing all you are equipped to do and to become. Approach life with a sense of responsibility. Approach all areas of your life with a sense of responsibility. Okay? What are some key thoughts about responsibility? Number one, 
I'm not sure I'll be able to finish, but let's see where we are. Number one, no one can assume responsibility for your life. Can we all say that together? Say no one. No. Loud and clear. No one. no one assume responsibility for your voice. Come on. Let's go. Loud and clear. Say no one, no one. can assume responsibility for my life. Listen, even if you are married, your husband cannot assume responsibility for your life. Praise God. Even if your father is wealthy, he can, there are responsibilities you must assume. You know, a uh, few, few, few weeks ago, my son fell, fell ill. So we're just praying, believing God for his healing and everything. So we prayed for him and everything. He got healed, he got well. And then two days back, he came back with something else. We prayed for him again. And then, uh, so a few days ago, he woke up with something else again. So I took, uh, I took uh, healing food devotional. So I looked at him, I said, you know what, son? You are now becoming a man. You've got your own will. You have to take authority over this sickness. You assume responsibility for your own healing. A few days ago, I saw him reading Brother Hagin's book. He was showing me some things from it. I said, good. That's the way to go. You have, if you have a will to disobey me, you can have a will to be healed. Are you following that? Sometimes we treat adults like they're babies. When, when Adam and Eve chose to, to partake of the food, did you, did you observe that God did not stop them? Well, they, eat, 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 eat. Don't, don't eat it, don't eat it, don't eat it. No, he, don't, no, he didn't do that. How <laughs> oh, you want to spread the garden? He didn't do that. God waited for them. They partook of whatever they partook of. And then God showed up. Hey, what happened? Did you, did you eat? The blame game started. It's the serpent. I was on my own. Okay. Adam. Hey boy, what's up? What, what happened? It's the wife you gave me. And that's the key. Why people don't assume responsibility. Blame. Blame your father that did not send you to school. Hmm? Blame your uncle that did not help you. Blame your husband that married you. Have you seen people blame their husband? Ah, if not for my husband, I know where I will be now. That's the same person you said uh, is the love of your life. If not that one, you will not marry. You have married. Stay there. Assume responsibility for your choice. You know, sometimes we look as if these women were forced on us. Ah, I don't even know that's who you are. I don't know. When love was checking you and you didn't listen to anybody, now you partake of love, partake of whatever comes with it. It comes with the package. Those are the accessories. When you buy a phone, they give you a charger, they give you a USB cord, they give you earpiece. If you look at the phone, you don't look at the charger, you don't look at the earpiece, don't complain tomorrow when your charger is blowing up. Plug it! Which is how people are complaining about everything. And then any little thing, you're sending women away. Why would you send them away? Stay with them. You chose them. If there was no room for divorce, many people would be more careful. Just train women all over the place. The way I'm seeing you, we're not compatible. After 13 years, you will be compatible. If you get married to any of my daughters, you don't send them back. Because I'll give you all the leverage. I will tell you again. That's why that day they ask you there, are you ready? When you say you are ready, whatever comes with the package, ladies and gentlemen, it's yours for life. 
but I married a witch. How blessed are you? How many people get to marry witches in their lifetime? Very few. And you're one of those few. Men, you are top five of men who got married to witches. And we have to applaud your choice. How come you saw all the women and you chose a witch? Blessed are you amongst men. The woman I married does not respect me. Welcome to the club. You brought her. We didn't bring her to you. So I say, Pastor, are you now saying, yes, I am saying. You own up your choice. That's why before you make any choice, you be careful. And don't go by emotions. Without the church of a church, the church of a wife, the, the choice of whatever. So I say, what about if I made a bad choice? Talk to God. He would help you out. I know this might not be the popular thing you want to hear, but this is the truth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't experiment with your life. Assume responsibility. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you're a man, don't just pray about the number of children to have. Think of the children you have the capacity to train. Your children are first of all your responsibility before your uncle will support. Don't bring forth children believing that God will raise helpers. That's not the plan of life. Where is God? I just bring in them. Is God? I just bring them. Have you ever seen God pay school fees for anybody? See, if you want to have 20 children, you're going to have 20 children. It's basic biology. As long as you have your eggs and everything is okay, children will just be producing. It's not about God bringing them. God has given you the grace potential with eggs and whatever. You do the labor. If you're going to be doing the labor annually, it becomes an annual convention. Not a problem. Not a problem. That's the proof that you're a laboring man, a hard-working man. It's basic biology. It's not a prayer point. It's basic biology. <laughs> Number two. The day you decide to assume responsibility for the outcome of your life will be the day you start making meaningful progress. You know one story I like so much is the story of the prodigal son. Uh, it's very interesting. And you know why I like the story of the prodigal son? The scripture says, he thought to himself, why am I eating this kind of food? Even the servants in my father's house do not eat this kind of food. The Bible says he came to his mind. And what? He said, I will go back. You know, that man, without a deliverance service, delivered himself. He just assumed responsibility that this kind of food I'm eating, mm -mm -mm -mm. this is not it. You know what will deliver some of us? It's not prayer and fasting. It's sitting down and asking yourself, at this stage of my life, should I be at this level? Should I just be here? And then you now tell yourself, hey, what am I doing wrong? Or what am I not doing right? So the day you assume responsibility, the day, <laughs> very funny. It's very funny, right? You know, the day I told my younger brother, I think I mentioned to my dad, my dad was there. You know, actually, at a point, well, it's not the best way to live, but just the way I lived. You know, at a point, I literally told myself, what if my father was not alive? How would I live? That's how I've lived. Immediately I left youth service. 
I have always lived independent of my parents. Yeah. Yeah. If you ask my, my dad, he will tell you. There's nothing I do in ministry. I mean, my, my dad is not rich for that. But I, there, are, there are nations I've been to that my dad hasn't been to. There are things I do that I don't do because my dad is there. I know, I just live that way. Because that's how the best way to live. Some of you just put your life on hold. Waiting for that day that things will change. It doesn't work that way. Take the word of God. Take prayers. And do what? And live responsibly. Number three. God gives grace and talents. Maximizing this for the benefit of humanity is your personal responsibility. God gives you grace and talent. Thank you. Maximizing this is for your personal responsibility. Look at this. Number four. I like this one. You know, I was maintaining on it today and it really changed my life. There are people younger than you who have assumed responsibility. There are people who are your age mates who have assumed responsibility. And there are people older than you that have assumed responsibility. Age is never a reason why people do not become great. Anyone can become great at any age once a conscious decision is made. You know, look at the story of Second Kings chapter 22 and verse 1 to 2 about the, 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 the man Josiah. Oh, his story is so inspiring. Second Kings 22 verse 1. It says, Josiah was 8 years old when he became king. And he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years. His mother's name was Jedida, daughter of Adiah, and she was from Boscat. Verse 2. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and followed completely the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. Josiah made up his mind. I was going to follow the ways of my father David. He was young. And you know, a lot of things happen. If you read that, that chapter, God wanted to bring judgment on the nation. And he says, because you lived right, I will not bring this judgment in your days. 28, 29, you are still living like you're 18. Huh? 32 years, you're still making decisions of 17-year-old. I was just walking about in life. One day, one day, I know say go better. One day, one day, I know say go better. One day, one day. They will so mistake you for a madman. You're not too old. You're not too young. To take responsibility for your life. We, we, you know, oh God help me. You know, we, we, especially men, guys, We need to take responsibility. You know, I mean, sometimes, sometimes we look at women, women don't respect men nowadays. Women don't. Do we deserve respect? You, do you deserve respect just because you are a man? Or you deserve respect because you're responsible? I'm not saying you should disrespect anybody, but at the end of the day, actually, what's the, what's the, what's the, what's the big thing about the respect we're trying to earn? You can lead your children to God. 
They can see fervency. They've never seen you pray for something and it changes. Never see, you know, I don't know, but we need to do better. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We need to do better. And I want to say this to you, right? I want to say this to you. This whole thing we're raising about men not being in charge of their homes. We are breeding in a society of single parents. And the repercussions are big. Go and check nations that are that way. I've gone to nations where fatherlessness is a big deal. And it's a big deal. It crumbles the very... Because we, we, we are living a way in which you have more mothers raising kids than fathers standing up. Going the hard mile, going the, paying the sacrifice. And these things, these things are visible to the kids that have been raised. Got to assume responsibility. You're not too young. Young guys here are 20. Don't go waste your life playing sports betting. It's irresponsible. Some of us, we don't have a business having girlfriend now. It it should not be mentioned among you, around you, and in your life. Because you don't even know why you are alive, first of all. You haven't found your purpose. See somebody who doesn't have... Uh, um, I don't know if we're going to share this message or maybe it's just speaking to you guys if I don't know. know. See somebody who doesn't have five credits in one sheet of paper. He says, okay, bring your results. He's carrying a file. He made, he made, he made uh, 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 C, C2 in mass in 1992. Then 2003, he made economics and agri. So they say, bring your results. Five credits. You are, pick, you are putting six Six stapling six documents together, and you say you have a girlfriend who gave birth to that girl who said yes to you. He said, Life is not, not by school, it's not by school, it's not by school. What have you shown that is not by school? They take you to a mechanic workshop now. You, you, you have been there for four years, you have not graduated, and we have all these people in church. Because we are just waiting for that one anointed oil that will change our lives. You assume responsibility. If not, we will repeat next year again. Hmm? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you getting blessed at all? You have to. Hmm. Is it by the time life treats you in a way you don't like, you would like this message? Go and ask women who married men who don't know how to assume responsibility. Ask them if they had a choice, they would remain single. Hmm? Or go and ask men who married lazy women. You know that you know that some women they are very good. Are spending what is not theirs. Experts are slay queens. Your own is to go to work and bring the money, their own is to slay it. 
bring the money, they slay it. You bring the money, they slay it. Say, why would people know God has blessed us if it's not through me? They are the signposts of God's blessings in your life. So your own is to walk and you slay, walk and slay, walk and slay until the time you retire, you now discover that both of you have been slayed. No investment, no, no future plan, nothing. Just slay, keep slaying, keep going out, keep doing all the nice things, keep having the, keep telling them, choke them, make them up. Who is breathing? Who is breathing? Nobody. We are all, we, how can we breathe where you are alive? 20 years down the line. Did you see that scripture we read in Proverbs 27? It says, prepare your work and then build your own house. There's nothing that stops every man in this local church from owning their own home. Nothing stops you from having your own house. The landlord you are paying rent is a human being like you. Can't be working hard and be giving money to someone else. Think that way. Why do people don't assume responsibility? Matthew chapter 25. I'll show you something here. Verse 24. That's why I think I've told you here many times. When you're going out with a girl and she's celebrating all your giving, say, ah, that man is generous. Oh, the guy just they spend. You know, they look poor. He just they bring money. Be doing that, your local Obi Kubana. Hmm? Just burn money. Yeah. You know, by the time you get married, that thing that is his habit will be the downfall of that home. Because if the man cannot switch that I've moved from this phase to the phase of conservation, he would spend the money you spend on your children outside. So what you are happy for today, ensure that the man has a break on it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, let me just tell you, it's bad news, but it's good news. School fees will not get cheaper. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh, don't think that by the time you now have your children, school fees will now be cheap. You know, the amount we are using to train children today. I, I remember in school, my school fees was, um, my school fees was what, maybe like 7,000 or something. Right? But today, I don't know. Praise God. Let's go to Matthew 25, 24 to 27. And the one also who had received the one talent came and said, Master, I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you scattered no seed. And I was afraid, and went away, and hid your talent in the ground. See what, see what, see, you have what is yours. 26, but his master answered and said to him, you wicked, lazy slave. Look at that word. You wicked, lazy slave. You knew that I reaped where I did not sow and gathered where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have put my money in the bank and on my arrival, I would have received my money back with interest. He says, therefore, take the talent away from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. Praise God. What is some of the reasons that people do not assume responsibility? Number one, false assumptions. False assumptions. Hmm? People just make false assumptions. Yeah, I know you are a wicked man. 
People just make false assumptions about the nation. False assumptions about themselves. False assumptions about people. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you still here? I'm going to continue this message on Wednesday. Make sure you're here. I don't want to rush it. I want you to get everything. So we'll finish up on Wednesday. Make sure you're here in service. Huh? Don't assume your uncle will help you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Even if your uncle says, don't worry. Ah, don't worry now. Ah, me and your father, we used to play Ludo together. You are like my son. Don't assume. Hmm? There are people that promised us things we started in ministry. The one that we started is 13 years. The promise is still there. Live your life as if you have no helper. Live your life as if no one is supporting you. Assume what? Responsibility. Don't assume. Don't just have false assumptions. Don't just have false assumptions. Oh, one day, you know, I know people who say, ah, don't worry, this job will come. When that job comes, I will do everything. What about if that job never comes? Right? What about if that opportunity never opens up? See, let me tell you, I'll say this, right? When I finished school, uh, when I finished SS3, right? My parents, they, my parents are not very wealthy. That's, I mean, till tomorrow, they're not, they're not wealthy. My dad is just completing his house now. Huh? And let me tell you the kind of father that I was raising. When my dad finished, his house is not finished. It's still not finished. Eh? He, f- he was upstairs. He finished his room. And their room, that's my mom's, my parents' room. Eh? And did one small place for parlor. The man moved in. Under was uncompleted. General Vasiel. That's how my dad lives. You, that's, how, that's, how, that's how to live. At your pace, no pressure on anybody. The house is still not completed tomorrow. He's doing it gradually. Once you give him time, he will do it gradually. That's the way to think. Don't think church members will build a house for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some people live on false assumptions. They just assume one help will come. There are people who join this church with the assumption that uh, we will help them. It's false. It's false assumption. See, don't go that don't go that church. They get wrong. It's false assumption. You can't live like the church will help you. Are you hearing? What? I know that people that come and before you know they're angry, as if where they were coming from, they drop money here before and say when you go distribute. We are not we are not employment bureau. I'm here to teach you God's word. That's the primary reason. And of course, I mean we should be of a blessing to the people who can be of a blessing. But don't go with false assumptions. Are you hearing this now? Because that man had a false assumption about his boss, what happened? He did not act on his potential. Don't have false assumption that train 7 is coming and so you are waiting. The train will come. Sometimes if you are not careful, it will pass you by. Get your life in order. Don't just wait. Number two, the blame game. Blame game. Started from the garden. Do you know the first person who ever did blames was Adam and Eve? Eve blamed the serpent. Did the serpent force the fruit on you? What did Adam do? Adam blamed the wife. It's the wife you gave me. 
Is it not the same wife you said, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman. You are screaming all over the garden, bone of my bone. Hmm? That's how people, you know, when they want to get married, oh, all the tears, love of my life, without you I can't, I can't sleep, without you I can't breathe, oh, forever, we will die together, even when you die, we die with you, 13 years down the line, say, who are you, who, who brought you, if not for my brother, I was telling my brother that I'm suspecting something, I'm suspecting something, I'm suspecting something, my brother said, go, 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 now you have jam rock, no. listen, listen, it won't solve the problem, blame game. Your father couldn't train you. That story is 10 years down the line. Why are you celebrating the 11th year anniversary of that story? Can you do something about your life? Look at Saul of Tarsus. We talked about him in the beginning. He killed people. But you know what? He took the grace of God and labored more abundantly. And what happened? Praise the name of the Lord. What happened? He took advantage of the grace of God and changed his story. Can you take responsibility to change your story? Praise God. You know, growing up, we had, we had, we had just one, and I pray that God will help us get back there as we teach the word. We had just one, um, we had just one philosophy towards relationship. It's like when we're getting into a relationship, what's the end view? Marriage. We were not testing. Today you see young people, 6X. It's like they're almost solving an equation. So you say, ah, you say which of them? Because they now they have to present like six people before you. Say John, say John, which of the John? Say John from uh, Longman House. I've been John from uh, Brown. Because I dated John Longman through, if I'm not mistaken, one year, nine months. <laughs> this was two years, three months. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> you know you can waste your life. You can waste it. You, you go to heaven, but with a wasted life. You'll be a wasted saint. Because by the time you get to heaven and God looks at you, He will say, welcome. And that's all. There is no good and faithful servant, because you were not good here, and you were not faithful to anything. So when you say, welcome, good and faithful servant, welcome, good and faithful servant, welcome. Because, I mean, he looked at you and said, what did I use you to do? Nothing. People are writing messages, writing love poems, writing messages, writing love poems. Songs of Solomon has been written. You don't need to contribute to it. The Bible has been canonized. Can you do something else with your life? And then tomorrow you're going to blame the society, blame church, blame pastors. It's amazing how people blame pastors. Why roads are not constructed in Nigeria? Why there's no light in Nigeria? Why there's no factory in Nigeria? As if the responsibility of the church is to build factories. Blame game. Don't blame anybody for where you are today. You blame yourself. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There are people who are not as educated as you are. They went to learn a skill and they are the best at what they do. Sir, there are mechanics sending their children to school without prayer points. Hmm? 
this having CV under your armpit all over the place. I studied there electrical electronics. I'm very. Uh, we were the first set from Aujipoli. Oga, if that thing is not putting food on your table, hmm, make a lot of copies, distribute it, keep it under the fire. Go and look for what can feed you. You know, in developing societies, we classify jobs, right? In developed societies. You know why? You know sometimes in America, uh, when you watch all those American movies, right? You see them trying to do their own plumbing. They will buy electrical stuff. It's not as if they want to do it. To pay for those services there is big deal. If you are a plumber abroad, <laughs> you are a big man. It's when we come here that we now say, I, you know, I work. I'm CEO, Casusos Events Planning Limited. You are don't pl- you are not planning anything except on Facebook. I mean, we just take big names for nothing and we're hungry. There are people abroad that all they do is just carpentry work. And that's why I say that most times in developed countries, people just try to learn these little things themselves because they pay a fortune for it. They pay a fortune for it. Praise God. Are you still here? Don't look down on any work you're doing. Rather, develop the potential of that work. And be the best at it. Praise the name of the Lord. Um... Number three, laziness and excuses. This, 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 go back home and study the scripture. I'll pick up from here on Wednesday. Huh? They're too lazy. Other people multiply their talents. Couldn't multiply. Excuses all over the place. Laziness and excuses. Too lazy to act on their potential. And there's always an excuse because things are not working. Do you know what I said? I said in my notes here. I wrote it down. I said, if you take the devil out of life, some people will still fail. Hmm? If you remove the devil, say there's no devil, no, there's no witches, there's no wizard. Some people are still lazy, they will fail. How many people will come and say, oh, they don't have a job or something, and then you attach them to somebody? Maybe somebody like Mr. Kenneth, who is doing electrical works. Hmm? You attach them, say, okay, yeah, follow him, go do something. And then they will hold ladder. Just to hold ladder so somebody will climb. You are not the one fixing. Now, <laughs> when we go finish this work, I mean, just hold the, just hold the ladder. No difficult instruction. Just hold the ladder there. You are asking when we will finish. Because there are pictures that one day God will open door. They will just call them. Say, you know, come to this office. Just sign your name. You will be paying you three hundred thousand every month. Say, God has done it. God is not foolish. Is not unjust. Excuses. Hmm? And the last one, fear of the unknown. Fear of the unknown. Sometimes we don't take risks to act on our potential because we're afraid of the unknown. We want guarantees. We don't want to step out. Hmm? If I do this, what will come? We want guarantees. I like this scripture. I read it to you before. Proverbs 26, 13. Hmm? The slogan says There is a lion in the road A lion is in the open square Lazy man Everything, there is a lion on the road He hasn't gone out But he has seen a lion hmm? Fear of the unknown Saints You have to assume responsibility for your life Are you hearing what I'm saying? Whether you are married Teach your children. Let them start assuming responsibility for what? For their lives. There are some of you here today. 
you are where you are because your parents passed on very early. There was no one to support you. I mean, things happen in life. Some people had been trained to assume responsibility. They assumed responsibility and forged ahead. Some people, that was the end of their life. Praise the name of the Lord. Train yourself. This year we're going into, I'm going to talk about, make sure you're here on Wednesday, I'll talk about areas to assume responsibility. That's the complete message. But I want us to be a church that assumes responsibility for our community. We assume responsibility for our space. We assume responsibility for our lives. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, I said, are you hearing what I'm saying? If you have children, assume responsibility for them. Assume responsibility for the people around you. But most importantly, your own life. Tell yourself, I will take responsibility. I'm not going to blame anybody. I'm not going to blame the government. I'm not going to blame the economy. I will take responsibility. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We ask, O oh God, that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you would help us to come to this place where we would assume absolute responsibility for our lives in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. All right. Let's, let's Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.